When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in a Zoom room, I'm joined with my good friend Maxine Nicole. Hey Maxine, how are you? Hey beautiful, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. And how's life down in Torquay at the moment? <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, it's uh, interesting times, that's for sure. But we live in a beautiful place, the surf coast. You know all about that. It is just, yeah, very grateful to have that on the door right now and always. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and how are you coping with lockdown okay because of that? Yeah, no, I've, I've been really good. Um, for me, I guess it's just... My life was already set up in a way that I was okay with, you know, whatever has unfolded in the last seven months. And it's just, I've got good things in place to keep me grounded and centered and look after myself well. And I've got good people around me. So I'm very fortunate. So <laughs> as opposed to some of our other guests, you quit drinking quite early on. How, so how <laughs> old were you when you stopped drinking? <sighs> I think I would have been 22. So, wow. And how yeah. old are you now? I'm 28. Yeah, so you're just yeah. a young, you're just a young spring chicken. <laughs> I'm like, I am. <laughs> I am. Yeah, it was, I started drinking really early, come to think of it. Probably when I'm not as early as summer, I wasn't 12, but I was 14 and I was hanging around older people and, you know, it's a really strange thing that we kind of get this rite of passage where we're in our teenage years and it's like binge drinking is kind of a normal thing. Mm. And I never really thought anything of it at the time and it kind of just escalated over the years and then, you know, trying to keep up with friends and trying to keep up with guys and trying to out drink people. It was like just this thing 
that kind of took on a whole power of its own. And I also used it as an escapism. There were certain things that were happening in my teens as I was transitioning into adulthood too, in terms of my family, things that were going on there. And I have alcoholics in the family as well. So it was definitely something that I had witnessed as being a way of processing things. And I hadn't really related that at the time that this is what I was just mirroring. But Mm. instead of dealing with whatever was coming up and I didn't have the tools to do that, drinking was just a great way to kind of release and to become a more carefree, happy not that I was happy, but you know, like it's kind of you, your inhibitions get lost. And if you've got things going on where you don't value yourself or you don't think you're worthy, which were certainly some patterns that I held, it was just a way of kind of increasing the confidence. And especially in those developmental years, you know, you're young, you're so uh, easily influenced. I never really made the call to be like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking for good now. There was an incident that happened with my dad, who is a, he- is a heavy drinker and he still is, that really for me was the pivotal moment. And I, I didn't choose in that moment to stop, but it was like the mirror and the reflection to me to be like, wow, this stops here. I am not going to continue this behavior for the next generation to come. And it was, again, not like, oh, I'm going to stop today, but it was like I did have this thought drop in and I, I felt it in every cell of my body. And I was like, whoa. What just happened? And with, you know, friendship circles and that sort of thing, it was still the cool thing to do and partying and going to festivals and getting wasted and drugs became a part of it as well and all this sort of thing. Then I started bodybuilding. Mm. And it was like, well, then it became a really good excuse to not be doing that anymore and that became my new outlet which still meant I hadn't dealt with my stuff but it was a step away from the things that were suppressing I guess what alcohol was allowing me to do at the time and yeah yeah, then I couldn't do both I couldn't compete and drink and do drugs and all that sort of thing so it kind of fell by the wayside and then I was like okay well I'm just gonna stop and then one six months became a year and then a year became two years and now it's like six and a half years or something since I've had a drink and it's just like I don't actually want it that is so awesome yeah that's incredible we talk about this a lot in the podcast having to replace it with something else Mm -hmm. so you can direct your momentum into something else I always say that that's one of the key factors is replacing it that habit with something better and bigger than the Mm. alcohol, something that gives you more drive. Mm. And what happened when the friendship groups, you know, Um, they would be big drinkers? Yeah, I guess. And it was like just, again, that rite of passage thing that we go through in our early adult years and late teens. I just find that that's such an interesting one that it's just deemed normal and especially binge drinking, that that's just so celebrated. And I lost, I guess, a lot of friends, but for me, it wasn't really so much about the alcohol. It was also the transition into into bodybuilding and to moving into a different circle altogether. But I also recognized that those behaviors for me were toxic at the time and they weren't serving me. So mm. I isolated myself to an extent I, and I also didn't have the space for anything other than myself at that time. But mm. yeah, like it was just it, the first couple of times that I was out and I wasn't drinking, it was awkward and uncomfortable, but not for me, for other people. So they'd be like, why aren't you drinking? That's so weird. Like just have one. And that's kind of where I had to learn to build that muscle and say, well, 
I don't drink. And then I used to kind of go for the shock factor of, okay, well, this person is not leaving me alone and bugging me about it. It's more of their problem. And then I'd just be like, well, you know, my dad's an alcoholic, so I'm kind of, and that would (laughs) diffuse the situation. But then it was also me antagonizing things. So I kind of, as I went through that process, I found my way of just going, okay, well, this is, I don't want to, I don't like it. Mm. Simple as that. It doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or bad, but it's just not for me. Yeah. I was fortunate then, you know, the types of people that I was around, they were cool with that. Um, the ones that, the friends that didn't stick around. And again, like we all get to choose. And I feel like that was the biggest thing for me was making that choice for myself because it's what I wanted and not mm. because other people were putting pressure on me or I was allowing them to put pressure on me. Absolutely. It's like where we put our focus to. If you focus on the people that, that want to keep you held down by the alcohol you'll kind of feel that you need to live up to that or that you need to make excuses. But when your focus is on something, like I was saying, so much bigger than the alcohol, mm-hmm. it's like you don't even really take a sideways glance. You're mm-hmm. just you're seeing yourself and you're seeing where you want to be. So you, the momentum's going forward. And sometimes, yeah, people will try and grab you and say, oh, come back to my level. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's just that they want you to be there with them. And it's, I guess, like the mirroring, that's always something that I've been mindful of. It's like when we come up against people that mirror certain things to us that require us to potentially look at our own stuff. Like if we are not asking, okay, why is it that I'm uncomfortable with this person not drinking? That then, like, how about you just do what we've always done because that's a lot more comfortable for me because then there's nothing that gets stirred up in us to potentially ask questions as well because that's just something that I've noticed and within myself too. Like if I've ever come up against people where I'm like, I want you to do what we were doing before that. You've changed. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. It's like, what's that really about? It's about me, not about you. Absolutely, yeah, totally. Yes. I wish I had realized that early on in the journey too, because I, I probably was a bit concerned with what other people were feeling about my, my not drinking rather than, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, only for a little while in the, in the early days, but yeah, absolutely agreed. So did any of your friends join in with you? Like maybe not in the bodybuilding, but did you inspire any other friends to mm-hmm. clean up? I don't think so. i don't think so like but a lot of my friends dropped away so i started making new friends that were kind of already considering those things and considering their health and yeah they may have a drink here or there but it's not like the center of their lives and i do feel though that it probably had an influence on my family um especially my mom as well because as you know we're pretty close so um yeah it was just they not that she was ever a heavy drinker or anything like that but it's just that just was okay well we don't actually have to do that we don't have to the wine doesn't have to be opened up if we're having dinner or something like that 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 probably had a little bit of an onflow effect and probably my siblings as well they kind of joke about it but they're like okay well good for you like you get to choose what it is that you want and Mm. that's probably the biggest thing just the fact that I'm showing what it looks like to choose that may have an influence, not necessarily just on people drinking, but on other things that they might feel compelled to do just because other people are doing it. They're like, oh, well, actually, I don't have to if it doesn't feel right for me. Oh, my God. I just had an Oprah aha moment of like, <laughs> yeah, you get to choose. Like when you're in the driver's seat, you choose everything. When you're mm-hmm. drinking, when you're smashed, you don't really choose anything. You think that you are. But mm. once you pass that certain point, you're not choosing what the freaking hell you're doing half the time. But mm. It's so liberating, isn't it? To be like, I'm in this driver's seat and I'm choosing, I'm choosing what I'm doing. I'm choosing every action really mindfully. 
And it's so empowering, isn't it? Mm. Choice gives us back our power, exactly like you just said. And that's in every area of our life. And we do so many things on autopilot, which is what I feel alcohol can become. It's like just this, this is what we habitually do. And just the level that it suppresses us becomes normal too. And it's like, well, I need to let off some steam or I'm feeling stressed or I've had a bad day. Like, And it's conditioned into us. We, it's not just something that we're doing ourselves. Like we see it on TV, in movies, like the advertising that we're exposed to it is all reinforcing that that is a really good way to process and deal with emotion when it actually yeah. doesn't allow us to do that at all. And that's something that I've discovered, I guess, later on as I started going into other modalities and just growing and evolving that made me really question like, wow, we're so encouraged to do this because it does actually make people feel better. And I know for me, the answer was no, because I feel a lot better being able to just be with my stuff and process it and acknowledge it and do other things that actually make me feel heightened as opposed to just numbing me out and not actually being able to yeah, give things their place. It's so amazing that at your age that you're able to, and I don't mean to sound condescending, but to be able to be so evolved at your age and to have gone from so early on, oh, my God, I wish to God that that had been me, although I had to go through everything I've, I've been through and it, it's probably strengthened me in so many ways. So I, I'm grateful for the journey. But hats off to you I just think it's amazing and it takes guts especially in your 20s it takes guts at any any time to go against the norm but in Mm. your 20s young 20s as well you're so conditioned by your friends and what's going on so I just think it's so brave and courageous and you are a beautifully evolved human like when I speak to you I I feel like I'm speaking to a someone my age or older even you're a magnificent human so and your mum mm. must be so proud Thank of you. Thank you so much. She's, your mum's an amazing <laughs> <laughs> She must be so proud. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we often joke about that um, when people are like, oh, I, I used to actually, this used to be one of my triggers. If people would meet my mum and they're like, oh, you must be how you are because you're mum. Like, cause, <laughs> and I'm just like, actually, no. And then we would joke about it. And like, she's like, oh, um, people would be like, oh, yeah, she's your daughter. So, of course, she's like that. And then mum would be like, actually, no, you know what? She made her own choices. Yes, I was able to guide and influence her on certain things. But she wasn't always open to it. Don't, like, don't for a minute think that she was taking everything that I gave her because I'm very stubborn. Can just, you just tell the audience what your mum does? So she does uh, like life yeah. coaching and things like that. Yeah, she? so she is actually an NLP practitioner, but she works in the business and personal transformation space. Our journeys together are just very fascinating in itself. But let's say probably 11 or 12 years ago, she started really going on her own inward journey. And I witnessed that from afar for a little while because we had a bit of a disconnect in our relationship for about five years. And I became curious by watching her change and shift and evolve. And I was like, hmm, what are you doing? You Mm. seem different. This is, I want some of that. What is going on here? And that was the catalyst for me. And she always, um, you know, as we reconnected, gave me a safe space and, really modeled a lot of that and gave me the confidence as well. Like when I would make big, bold choices to that, that's okay. And that that was safe. So even with drinking, like she never belittled me or never was like, you shouldn't be doing that. It was always encouraged to do what felt right for me. Um, mm. And yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate. I chose her <laughs> as, my mom, <laughs> my, as my mom in this lifetime. 
Yeah, she's gorgeous. She's, uh, yeah, she's magnificent as well. So how has it affected your dad as well with his drinking? Mm, he can get very uncomfortable if people aren't participating with him. For me, I, I stand my ground. I'm like, I'm not interested. I don't want to. And he respects that. But has it changed his choices? No. And that's where I really feel like looking at my family, my extended family, my granddad, his brothers, his sister, like they all drink really, really heavily. So he grew up in a family, even my grandma when she was still alive, grew up in a family where that was considered normal. And that's considered how we deal with things. This is how we celebrate. This is how we deal with a a full-on work day. This is how we process, um, you know, breakups or breakdowns. Like that's just what you do regardless of what it is. It's just, you know, part of their lives. And that whenever something gets brought up, like it's a problem. Well, it's not because we all do it. As long as everyone's participating, it's not an issue. Um, Yeah. Like, and I, and I say all of this with no judgment. That's their journeys, their evolutions, their experiences that they need to go through. It's not for me to point out whether something is right or wrong. Um, You know, I don't have influence over that, nor do I want to. And all I can do is just do what's right for me. And if that inspires him or not, then Mm. I'm okay with that as well. I don't feel there was a point in time where I wanted to change his behavior and please stop doing that. It's not good for you and projecting my ideals onto him, Mm. but it's not for me to do that. And I feel like that's a really big one when we go on this path and when we decide what's right for us to also be respectful of other people and where they're at and that it's not necessarily for us, even if it's coming from the best of intentions and with love, because we can see that it's not good for them. Um, We can't force it on people and we've got to be respectful of that and be okay with that. Absolutely. I agree because sometimes I think the best way to influence others is just to be rock, you know, like steady as a rock, and big, they just lead by example and they'll come, you know, eventually or they'll start seeking out and asking questions and they'll be inquisitive about it and they know that they can come to you because you're not going to ram your, your knowledge down their throat, mm-hmm. which is great, you know. And a lot of my friends still drink around me and my family drinks around me and that's fine. I have, I have no judgment because it's my journey. It's my stuff has got nothing to do with them. Sometimes if I see a friend... Uh, I could see them in a really bad place with it. You know, I might kind of mm. give a little, you know, I'm here if you need to talk, but I, mm. yeah, you've got to be, it's very, it can be very shaky ground sometimes if you, so you don't want to scare anybody off. And we mm. can tend to do that sometimes when you feel so good, mm-hmm. you want to get a bit evangelical about it, but yeah, <laughs> it's no, no lead by example is the best thing I think. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't have conversations. Because with, with that one in particular, it's, we've had many conversations over many, many years. So it's kind of like, okay, well, there comes a point where you just got to let it go. And, you know, talking about friends, like if we see people in dark places, it doesn't mean that we can't give a little bit of a nudge and mm. have those conversations. But there also comes a point where we've got to be like, okay, cool. This is the boundary. Nothing's going to change. They're not ready for it or whatever it is. We've got to be respectful of that. Yeah, it's, it's like anything. You've got to use your discernment and you know when it feels like you need to step up and say something or whether to sit back and just be like, okay, you've got to ride this wave out and I'm here if you need me. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. I had a friend call me this morning who's a really big drinker and I've been worried about her for some time, but I don't say anything, I don't say anything, I don't say anything. And 
she called me this morning to say, she said, she said, I really need a few weeks off. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. <laughs> just, need, just putting that in there. <laughs> yeah, I need to have a few weeks off and I totally get where she's coming from and I understand. And I've been in that place as well of like, I'm not quitting for good. I just need to take, even when um, Ash and I and our friends took on this 12 month challenge, that's what, that's what got us started. It was like, well, it's only 12 months and then I'm back to, I had had the wine picked out and everything I was going to have on the 12 month mark, yeah. but didn't happen because we felt too good. So, mm. you know, none of us went back, which thank, you know, thank God for that. But anyway, yeah, so it was really awesome. She rang me this morning. We talked about it for ages on the phone and we're going to talk about it some more tomorrow. And even if I just help her through the next two weeks mm. and don't, you know, be careful not to get on my high horse about it and, and leave it open there so that when she's ready for the next two weeks and then the next two weeks, I can totally be there for her to help her. Mm. And it's for her and her son, who's also, um, he's, he's really young, you know, like he's like 18, 19, and he's struggling to take two weeks off. It's like, fuck, it's just two weeks, mm. you know, when he's so mm. young, you know, and that's, but he, uh, this would be an interesting one for you, actually. I was going to ask you about it as well, because he's really into fitness and being strong and healthy, but his peer group, mm-hmm. they're just massive drinkers in the peer group and getting into drugs as well. I'm going to have a chat with him tomorrow as well, just do a bit of coaching with him. But have you got any advice that you could give to someone like that in that? Yeah, it's, it's you got to check in with yourself first because we got to know why we're making these choices and we've got to actually ask ourselves the question, why are you doing this? And, and that is a very confronting question sometimes because it makes us want to run the other way because it's about other people. I'm doing this because they're doing it and I want to fit in. And so if that's actually a, a path that we start going down, then if we unpack that a little bit deeper, it's to me, that's like self-worth. Why are you not worthy without the approval and external validation of other people so that you can belong and fit in? And I mean, we're hardwired as humans innately to seek connection, to be in a community, to, to have that around us. So that is a big call to then step back and be like, well, if this isn't aligned for me, what does it look like being by myself? And if we're running from ourselves, then we need to get to know ourselves more intimately. And that is, again, not something that's always easy, but it's making that choice. And especially if we're using alcohol as the way to scapegoat and not be with ourselves, it's an invitation. And then we take back the power because then it's, okay, if you want to have one drink, consciously choose it and say, I am going to have one drink, but don't just do it because it's what they're doing sit with the the question, why am I doing it? And then if you decide to do it, do it from a place of conscious choice and not just because it's a default and Mm. other people are swaying you in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. I like that too. Like do it consciously if you're going to do it. Just be more aware. In fact, you know, I think some people struggling with binge drinking, if they could just be more consciously drinking, um, being a bit more grounded in the drinking if that's possible, you know, they might be able to slow themselves I mean, I tried for years to slow myself in so many ways, but it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but people can do it as well. Like people absolutely can do that. It's, it's, it's your own inner knowing too. You know what your capabilities are eventually when you try enough mm. times. And it's if you, if you want to, and that's probably the second question that I would ask, do you actually want to keep doing this? Does it feel good to you? Is this something that you see is benefiting you? Because 
it's one thing to say, oh, I shouldn't be doing it or I don't want to be doing it because it makes me feel crap. Mm -hmm. But we've got to go further into that why. And that's where you keep doing the why, why, why loop. So if you answer the question, okay, why, why do I want to stop drinking? Well, because it makes me feel bad. Okay, why does it make you feel bad? And then the answer keeps going until you run out of anything to answer back to the why. And then you get to the crux of it. So it's like I just said about the the self-worth. Often when we go down those spirals, self-worth mm-hmm. is at the heart of it. And it's the belonging and the disconnect from self. So it's always bringing it back there and bringing it back to you get to choose. And what you said about being in the driver's seat, life is always that. You always get to drive. You're not here to be a passenger to life. You're here to be a conscious, creative participant. Mm, and when we are drinking, we lose that, in, that, that conscious ability to choose. And yes, we can you know, pace ourselves and all that sort of thing. But there is a certain point where we've had a level of alcohol where it brings us to a lower state of consciousness than actually being aware of what's going on. And I'm yeah. sure we can both exchange stories on yeah. what that looks like where you wake up the next day. It's like, whoa, what even just happened? Do, yeah. And people are telling you, you did this and this was so funny and this wasn't funny and you got into this argument or you did that. And it's like, whoa, I have mm. no recollection of that. I know. And it's not awful. <laughs> but it's, it's then going back to the questioning to self as to does this feel good and why are you doing this? What are you running from? Because what you're really seeking is yourself. And when we can give that, it opens up so much. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it won't come with uncomfortable truths because getting to know ourselves comes with both of those things. But equally, liberation comes from that and freedom and the ability to choose again and start rewriting the story the way that you want it to be. When you see someone that's really in it and really the grip of alcohol you know, is on them, you see the lack of connection to the self and you just, mm. you just want to like, what is the pain and what are you so fearful of? And most people, once they, once they're not scared anymore to tap in and once they can start sitting in it, that's when everything changes. But I did a coaching session the other day with this gorgeous lady. And every time she drank, she'd wake up the next morning often not remembering. And I said to her, what's the first thing you tell yourself? And she says, oh, I tell myself I'm a loser. And that just broke my heart because I thought, oh, my God, you're not a loser. And then we chatted more. And then I said, so what triggers you to drink often? She said, well, often I'll drink out of like a celebration, you know, like if she's achieved something or hit a milestone, she'll drink. And I said, isn't that funny? This you're trying to congratulate yourself on is in effect, it's making you see yourself as a loser. So it's like you're up here, but it's like your subconscious is just dragging you back down, like get back down into your place. And it's this mm. perpetual cycle. Mm. And once she saw that, because she was like, I love alcohol. I love drinking. It's my, I was like, do you still love that? She's like, mm-hmm. fuck no, no. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's it. So, yeah, yep. and she could for the first time see it for what it actually is and what it's doing to her and it's, she doesn't love it, in fact. Mm. It makes her feel like a loser. I think once people start to see the truth of alcohol and the truth of what it's doing, that's when things can start to shift for people and to be able to just sit in their, their oneness. (laughs) And, you know, it's the separation from self, no matter what we do, we can't, we can't run from that. No. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's not, again, something that everyone is necessarily going to go on the, they're not going to go down that path in this lifetime necessarily. It's not always for everyone to get to that point, but I feel anyone that's listening to this, 
certainly it is their path to yeah. recreate that unity and that understanding of that, you know, everything we do is an opportunity and mm. celebration is one of the most amazing experiences that we get to have in human form, but it's also deciding what does celebration actually look like for us? How do we celebrate? What are the things that we do? Like there are so many other, and this is what you said um, about habits earlier, like shifting them. So what do we associate with celebrating? Could it be like having a really beautiful home cooked meal with loved ones and everyone's cooking together and like that, that becomes something that we do, or is it, you know, I don't know, having a picnic or just something that is breaking the circuit tangibly Mm. because it's one thing to talk about all this stuff and this is I know from what you've been saying in terms of what you're doing in your work it's what can you practically give people to do Mm. and it's also the actual act of having a drink what that feels like and it is like a tension release so it's okay well the body is craving homeostasis which is naturally what the body does How do we create that? And I know that you're into breath work and meditation. And those are just some of the things like instead of going to the drink, take five deep breaths. I'm safe. I'm in my body. I've had an amazing day. I've just achieved this wonderful thing. What is it that I feel like doing to celebrate? Yeah. Taking that out of the equation as the default and that that's how we associate celebration. And I guess like as a societal thing, we've got a lot to answer for in terms of how we have let that be conditioned into us and we get to change it from the inside out, which is the really awesome thing with this as well. Absolutely. But so many of us, that is how we celebrate. You know, we get a champagne. I remember early on in our journey, Ash got a record deal and it was like, um, oh shit, how are we going to celebrate this now? And so we do other little things as well. Like we might put on a nice pot of chai And then some people go, well, fuck, that's boring. But it's not. If you get really beautiful chai and Mm. white milk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've got another friend. She's a musician and she celebrates by having a packet of chips. Mm -hmm. That's the only time she'll let herself have some like salty crisps. So she'll get crisps and a nice kombucha and that's her celebration whenever she celebrates. So Mm -hmm. there's different ways in which you can celebrate. It could be running a nice bath. It could be... You know, there's a multitude of things. How do you celebrate? Oh, that's a great question. Um, there are loads where that I celebrate. I mean, I do my best to celebrate myself daily. And that might sound a little bit corny for people. No, but I love I, that. <laughs> I really do because I am my own best cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I love cooking food yeah. and connecting with where my food came from and really being in my senses when I'm cooking as well. Like that is something that's just a bit sacred for me and being able to cook for people I love. That's yeah. definitely a way that I like to celebrate. So putting on feasts, um, doing things that get me moving and getting out in nature. That's always another really enjoyable way for me to kind of celebrate those I love and myself. But yeah, it could be like going for a paddleboard. It could be taking a big hike out in nature uh, picnic. So I guess when I was giving those examples before I was talking about myself, um, yeah, yeah. but it's just really making it something I'm consciously choosing. Yeah. And you, you hear me say that a lot, but it's also just choosing the state in which I speak to myself with, because mm. it's why well, I don't necessarily need to do anything physical. If mm. I've had something awesome that's happened, I can just like give myself the high five and be like, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so good. I don't actually need anything physically to back that up with because I've got the feeling. I know like this is, I can see the momentum where I can just sit with the sensation as opposed to needing something to reinforce it, just be with it. 
I know. And then you keep going with that. If it's drinking, you end up the next day just feeling like shit anyway. So it's, mm. it's, yeah, we even do like, we'll do like a really beautiful cheese board or something like that. Mm, I'll nice. go out. If it's a really great celebration, I'll go and spend like quite a lot of money on a beautiful cheese platter. Mm-hmm. Um, not down to Coles, not down there. Like I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I had in mind when you said that. <laughs> Got a beautiful deli, you know, I stay away from the supermarket, you know, I'll get something really beautiful, you know, and, mm. and make it beautiful. And that's sort of almost got some ceremony there just in itself. Mm. There has to be mm. a little bit of ceremony in there, but mm. I know what you mean about being your own cheerleader. And just recently I've started saying to myself, well done, Danny. I say it in my mm. head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> But I do it all the time, like, well done, Danny. Even if I can manage, because I'm a shocking um, early riser, I'll, often I'm up at 3.30, but I'm trying to push it out till about five or six. And often it's great because I can be, I get a lot done in that time, but sometimes I just need to sleep more. Yeah. So now if I'm, if I do some really deep breathing and meditation and get myself back to sleep, I'll wake up and the first thing I'll, I'll look at the clock, well done, Danny. <laughs> And if I, anything I'm accomplishing during the day, I'm making a conscious note. Well done, Danny. Well done. Mm. And it sounds so stupid, but it, you know, God, if we're not going to congratulate ourselves until, you know, who else is going to, mm. you know, it makes you feel really good. Why not be our own cheerleaders? Absolutely. And it's then when other, and it's also then when other people celebrate you, you can receive it because this is something that I have noticed over time. It's when we, mm aren't celebrating ourselves we don't actually receive others celebrating us either and it's again coming from that place of fostering self-love and self-appreciation and self-worth we receive more easily from others when we've given it to ourselves first and we also then allow them to experience the joy of giving that to others too because there's like that deflection that can happen if we don't believe that we are worthy of being celebrated we're like oh yeah thanks and it's kind of like you know that energetic exchange isn't the same as when it's like thank you so much thank you for seeing me thank you for acknowledging me that just added on top of what I already feel about myself yes absolutely imagine if we're in a society where we were all running around congratulating ourselves if we're all there speaking kind words to each other and receiving those kind words, I think a lot, we wouldn't be in such a mess too. Mm. We wouldn't feel so isolated and depressed and unloved and we wouldn't be feeling so unworthy mm. of that love. I, I feel like everyone's sort of scared and scared to really love themselves because they feel like they look like a wanker or, mm. you know, and I've just, just bullshit to that. I'm just all about loving myself these days because I spent, you know, so many years and decades just hating on myself or, you know, this hor- this self-talk, this negative self-talk, which got me nowhere. Mm. Now I've evolved so much as a person from adopting those practices of just, just actually going, no, you're all right, girl. You're, you're good. Mm. And you're worthy. You're absolutely worthy of this. And I think that's when you start to cultivate that sense of self-love. You start to expand more. And alcohol, schmalcohol, it's just like, I wouldn't put that shit in my body. Why would mm. I poison this beautiful vessel? <laughs> mm. You know? Yeah. That's such an interesting one. The poisoning of our vessel. And yeah. that's, that's not one that we often spend a lot of time with, but it is. It dilutes and pollutes. It doesn't actually, and it takes from our life force. Like something that I often speak about is life-giving 
What can you do to bring more life-giving things into your day? And when you think about alcohol, like it's the very thing that takes your life force. It depletes you. It doesn't actually add any anything that lifts you energetically. And even once you take a step back from alcohol, and this is, I've definitely noticed this in myself, like just holding it, just being around it. And this is again, not from a place of judgment. If you want to have a couple here or there, whatever, that's up to you. But I energetically feel it in my body, like just holding it or just being around it. Like I don't want to drink, like I don't want to put that in my body. And not because, you know, like I'm all holy and pure, but it's just, for me, it doesn't feel actually like I couldn't, even if you paid me to, like, I just couldn't drink it because it just does, it says everything in me says, no, thank you. There's no life force in it really. But even the next day, like I would always get up and eat like greasy food and salty food and get me some chips with gravy all over it. (laughs) Disgusting. Yeah. Things. Actually, I don't mind some chips and gravy still, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe not for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) But that's an interesting point though, because it sets things in motion for the days to come. It's not just like that one in the moment event. It's like then everything that comes after that, it continues habits and patterns and behaviors that are still keeping you in that lower density energy in the days that are beyond it. Cause your body is trying to recalibrate and rebalance. And then we make choices that might not be reflective of who we want to be and what it is that we want to be creating. So it's yeah. the sleeping in or sleeping half the day it might be not getting daylight till, you know, a crazy hour. It might not be seeing your friends or your family. It might be eating poor food and doing that, all of that, then, you know, it takes two or three days to recover. And then say, if you do this on the weekend, then Saturday rolls around again, you're like, okay, cool. I'm ready to go. And you're just starting to, to mm. feel good again. And then the cycle just continues. So it's not just in the moment that alcohol has an impact on us. It's then everything that it kind of sets in motion. And again, it's like, we've got to make that choice. Is this really how we want to feel in our bodies and what it is that we're bringing into the world and families and relationships and friendships. Totally. It's even, um, as you say, it's like this flow on effect. I know certain people I know that drink a lot, say my family, my mum, my mum would always say, don't worry, she's just got a shitty liver. Like if they're being really moody or something, <laughs> but as, as a parent, like trying to be a conscious parent, when you're really hungover or even two days later, when you've just haven't put the good stuff in, and you're trying to be there present with your kids, but really you're feeling like shit inside. Like I'm such a better parent now that I'm, mm. you know, haven't drunk for so long and I put good stuff in. Mm. It just has such a huge effect on everything, you know, all around everything. There's nothing it doesn't affect and there's nothing mm. that doesn't change when you get rid of it. It's like I was talking to a lady the other day, just said, just imagine your life without all that, without the feeling of not being in control Imagine the feeling of not eating shit food, not poisoning yourself. How does that look to you? She's like, wow, it looks amazing. I can't even imagine it. Like, but imagine it. Like, dare mm. to imagine that. Dare to imagine mm. your life without all this shit that you're carrying around. Imagine your life like, let's throw it to the moon and see how you feel then. It's like so liberating for people once they can see that vision of themselves. And it is possible. It's absolutely mm. possible. Just as you were saying that, something dropped in. Um, and it was just really about people as well. Like this is, it's a journey, you know, it's or an adventure (laughs) and you're not going to necessarily nail it all at once in Mm. the sense that if you stumble, it's okay, but get back up. 
if you you know if that vision and that version of you feels a little bit out of reach just start with one thing at a time and it might be that you okay well I'm actually going to just give it away on the weekends and I might have once or twice during the week if you can you know control your consumption have a glass of wine with dinner but if that is again not something you can do then perhaps cold turkey is your thing but if you slip up at any point it is okay Mm. What did I learn from this? What was the trigger? Why did I choose to do that? What is it again that I'm still not owning? And then the simple thing is you get to choose again. In every moment we get to do that. But it's just I feel like that's a really important message because this is not just applicable to this, it's to everything. But it's, again, being kind to ourselves and not having unachievable, I guess, kind of ideals or perfections that we've kind of wrapped around okay well um, I need to do it like perfectly because then sometimes that can creep in and replace the habit of doing the drinking which makes us not feel perhaps worthy and then we're doing something that's like okay well I've got to do it perfectly and if I don't do it perfectly then I'm still not good enough see and then it's kind of like you kind of go back to the old path because it's see I can't do it anyway type thing so I just want to set that up keep that in the back of people's minds if you make a sidestep it's okay. You can come back every year and you get mm. to choose again. Yeah, absolutely. You get to choose. I love this. I think that's my take from this conversation is, you know, you choose and you be the driver. You don't want other people driving your, you know, steering your ship. <laughs> every, mm. de- every decision we've made has got us to where we are now and we can make better choices going forward. Now tell me, you've got a podcast coming out next week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's called Together We Rise. Tell me about that. Yes. So (laughs) this was really birthed out of the calling that I've had for some time to kind of start recreating the system um, and to have deeper conversations around how everything is the way that it is, but what it is that we individually can be doing to reclaim our power and start recreating this paradigm. I mean, it's already happening. It's already in motion right now, but it's the practical stuff and having the people on that have been doing this work for decades and get their insights and to really look at every part of our system from our schooling to our governments to spirituality to our health and well-being activists environmentalists all of it they're they're you know all at the end of the day the thing that I notice is that the intention of all of these people that are in the game of change is that they want to see humanity thrive and that they acknowledge that there is an interconnectedness between all of us all living forms, ourselves, the planet, the animals, and that change starts with us. And that's really Mm. the message that I hope to drive forth is that people remember that they are so powerful. We get to choose with our dollar. We get to choose with our thoughts, our energy and our actions. And the more of us that come together, the greater the opportunity is for change, which is why it's called Together We Rise. Wow, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to tune into that. And I'll put some um, in some information in the show notes about that if you can awesome. stick it over. Yeah, and yeah. your Instagram if people want to follow you because you've got a lot of amazing things to say. We've gotten to that critical mass where there are so many that have been unaware, but we are also remembering at a more rapid rate than ever before. If I look at the, you know, and the, especially the last seven months, it's really been a catalyst for a lot of deeper conversations, a lot of deeper inward gazing. And yes, mm. there still is a large portion of people that are kind of living in sleepy land. And that's not again from a place of judgment, but it's just, they're so just doing what's expected, what's normal being in the rat race. And 
it's those that are choosing differently that actually have the influence on them because it's the energy is shifting also very quickly. Like we are moving into different states of consciousness at a really rapid rate. And it's spirituality, it's, it's the essence of everything, but it's coming back to self first. And it's like, yes, we can foster, we can create connection with family and friends and tribe and all that sort of thing. But it's at the essence of all of that, they always came back to self first, to spirit, to source, to energy, to mm-hmm. understanding that there's something greater, whatever the word is that you connect to, to God or whatever lands for you. They always at the heart of all of that, that is where they built their power from they understood Mm. that that was first and then they facilitated it together so it's the interconnectivity Mm. but it's i fill me up because when i fill me up i fill you up and i fill you up and i fill you up and i have so much to give and it's that reciprocal dance and exchange of energy which is the biggest thing that's missing and we do things to kind of break the disorder to avoid the, the confrontation that comes with feeling into those emotions of disconnect because we know that it's so present. So we, what can we do instead to allow us to actually feel something other than that? But really yeah. the call is always come back home and it's, we are all spiritual beings. We are all that, whether we have a label for it or not. And then the magic happens as well. Cause then we tap into things like intuition and we get synchronicities happening. It's like how you and I met like the synchronicity mm. of me coming there. I was like, I just got to come here for some reason. I didn't know why. And I was like, Oh, this is just a cool store. And then I met you. And it was like those, when we start to live life like that, it is so full of magic and we get to just ride those waves. And it doesn't mean we don't get challenges. They happen, but it's, we predominantly reside in the inner knowing that we are always supported. We have guidance. We have the right people coming on our path at the right time. And we have a level of trust and surrender and we still do the action. We still do the work, but it's again, just there's a, a different level of awareness and trust that we get to embody and then also encourage in others. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the sad thing when you see people filling themselves with alcohol and numbing, it's like you're missing out on all this good juice mm. that the universe has <laughs> got for you, you know. It's there and it wants to come in, but you, you just can't, there's no way you can take that in whilst you're numbing mm. yourself to that, to that degree. Um, and again, we're not talking about people that just enjoy a couple of wines with dinner. Mm-hmm. It's, there's so much life force out there that we're not grabbing onto. We're not, you know, letting it get into our bits you know because we're, <laughs> yeah. we're so numb to it and mm. this is this is one of the great things that I've seen and that I just really and I'm so proud of you I know that sounds weird but just so proud to see someone that's not even 30 yet and you're so tapped in and you're so wise and I can't wait to see you at, my god when you hit 50 you're gonna be like I don't know what <laughs> You'll be running your own church or something. You'll be amazing. Um, I wish there was, I wish I had been as open as you, like I said earlier, or that, you know, I think you'll be a great influence for, for also the younger generation to, you know, to look up to and to see that there's so much more. There's so much more than just every weekend stuffing mm. yourself with booze and drugs, you know. Mm. Life is so beautiful, isn't it, when you're not oh. doing that. Life is full of magic and, you know, I guess the biggest thing that I would love to close with is just we walk this together. I, I really, I, I do my best to be very conscious of not putting myself on or above anyone, 
we are all walking this path together. I have my human traits. There are things that I have to process and go through. I'm by no means putting myself, um, you know, in a place where I would like to be viewed as perfect or anything like that, but we walk this path together and it's reciprocal. We are all learning from each other. It's whether we lean into that or not. And you have, whoever's listening to this, you have so much magic to offer this world and it's just making that choice. Yeah, to just live it and mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, Sadhguru says this great thing. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. but Yes, I love look, him. Yeah, don't look down, don't look up, look at Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, Maxime, you are so amazing. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. So I'm looking forward to the Together We Rise podcast on the 7th of October. So we'll look out for that. And so I'll put links to anything we've got about that on the show notes, links to your Instagram. And yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to you, they can do that via Instagram. Yes, absolutely. That's where I'm most active. Um, so that's just Maxime Nicole double underscore. And yeah, you can find me. There's but like there's other information on my website and that sort of thing. But that would be the easiest awesome. place to go. Awesome. <laughs> so good to talk to you, Maxime. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.